perfected by love, God the rewarder. God releases his rewards to those who are faithful and passionate to pursue him. Last week, we talked about being free from torment. God is perfect and God is love. He desires that we also be perfect, but we must first be perfected by his love. How do we know we need to be perfected by his love still? Wherever we are not clothed with righteousness, wherever fear and shame still exist, wherever we have covered ourselves with religious motions, wherever there is weakness and no power over sin and Satan, wherever there is hate and not love for God, for self, or for others, wherever there isn't a superiority over the flesh by your new spirit from Christ, wherever there isn't the mind of Christ, and wherever there is torment, these are places we need to be perfected by love. Let's bow our heads this morning, and then we'll get into the word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to feed your sheep. Holy Spirit, I thank you from words from heaven this morning. I thank you for words that will touch the hearts and minds of your people. Lord, teach us this morning how to love you back. It's not enough just to know that Jesus died for us. What are we willing to do? Since God loves us, are we willing to also love him back? It's his greatest desire. That's why it's called the greatest commandment. So today, God, I pray that fear would be removed from our midst in Jesus' name. I pray against pride in the name of Jesus. I pray against hard hearts in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that we will be receptive to hear and to believe and to do and to perform your word. Oh, God, I need your help this morning. These are your people, the people that you bled and died for, Jesus. And you want their love more than anything. Would you help me teach them how to love you this morning, God? Teach me. Teach them. We must be willing to give up something to show love. We must be obedient to show love. Everybody wants God's blessings. But when it's time to love him, when it's time to make sacrifices, you can only find a few. So, Father, I pray now in Jesus' name that we would repent of our sins, we would repent of our selfishness, God, and we would say, okay, God, I've heard my whole life about Jesus loves the little children. I've heard my whole life about God so loved the world, but now I'm ready to learn how do I love this God back who loves me so much. Teach us this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Kimberly. So last week we learned the first part of the love cycle, which is God's love for us. When we receive new life in Jesus Christ, as you can see there, it says uh, life, love, identity, faith, eternal purpose. It all starts and begins and ends with love, as Angie was so beautifully said a little while ago. But for love to be love, it can't just stop with God's love for us. It has to make the whole cycle all the way around. And the cycle is this. Number one, God loves us. Number two, we love God back. 
Number three, we love ourselves, our righteous self, our new self. And number four, we love others as God has loved us. And when we love others, we take them and they begin their own new love cycle in God. I am here to tell you this morning that you are all, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, that you are disciple makers. Can you say this with me? I am a disciple maker. That's what following God is all about. This church is called New Life Christian Ministries, not ministry, ministries. All of you have a ministry, and it's very important that you allow the church to fulfill its mandate, which is to make you ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Eventually, I'll talk about this more, but I just know this. I can't do it just on a Sunday morning. Can you imagine if you only went to school one day a week? that we would all still be in high school or middle school or elementary still, right? Can you imagine if Jesus only taught the disciples one day a week? Oh, my goodness. I need access. The Holy Spirit needs access to more of your time so that he can shape you into the disciple he's calling you to be. So last week we learned the first part, and today we learned the second part is how to love God back. Who wants to know how? I promise you it's a blessing. When you learn how to love God back, you will live a blessed life. But first, we must see what God wants. He wants a worthy sacrifice. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. It says this, Now Adam had relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, church, can you say when it was time for the harvest? When it was time for the harvest, I thank God that there was a time of harvest. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So what we learn here is at the time of harvest, gifts are presented. We need to understand that to love God back, that we have that method, that mindset, that whenever there is a harvest in my life, that I'm going to present God with a gift from the harvest because he is the Lord of the harvest. We would have nothing if it wasn't for God. So that's the first thing we learn. The second thing we learn is that Cain brought vegetation to God. He brought leaves. And, and where had God seen these leaves before? Last week, we learned that after uh, Adam and Eve sinned, they covered themselves with leaves. So God gets this gift from, from, from Cain, um, I'm sorry, Abel, and sees these leaves and says, you know what? This costs you nothing. And a sacrifice that costs you nothing will never please God because there's no faith attached. 
So the Lord rejected his gift. So Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted it. So we have to remember that when God covered uh, their parents, Adam and Eve, nakedness, he sacrificed an animal to do it. So this would also point to the future sacrifice of his son uh, for our sins. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 4, and we'll see how that Abel's gift was a gift that was fueled by faith. Because when you give something that is fueled by faith, you understand that it's not a loss. If you give and you feel like it's a loss, if you feel like you're losing something, then faith is not attached to it because faith always has a reward uh, at the end of it. Hebrews 11.4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Church, can you say faith? Faith, faith is so extremely important, all right? So now I'm going to talk about rocks versus hearts. The same thing as I said in the beginning of church when I was praying after worship that when we present a $50 bill or a $100 bill to the store clerk, many times they'll check them. You give them a quarter, all good. Give them a dollar, they'll take that dollar. But you pull out a hundred, you're like, okay, I can't afford for this to be fake. I can't afford for this not to be real. So they check it. One of the first visions I ever had, okay, uh, I, I need to tell you this. You need, we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say this with me? Lord, Lord I, need I need to be filled, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a game changer. Salvation is wonderful, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a whole new game changer, right? So I was asking God to fill me with the Holy Spirit when I was living in Columbus, Ohio. I would walk into my uh, walk-in closet, and I would just lay on the ground, and I would just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And he finally did. And one of the first open visions I ever had, I was laying on my back in the closet, but suddenly I was in a desert. I was laying in a desert, right, all by myself, and I lifted up a rock to God. And all of a sudden, I saw God's arm swing down from heaven, and his hand hit that rock right out of my hand. He slapped it out of my hand. I'm like, God, what was that? What did that mean? And what he was showing me in that moment was this. God knows the difference between a rock and a heart. God knows the difference between lip service, oh, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I love you, and how you really live your life. God knows the difference. So I offered God a rock. He slapped it out of my hand. Why? Because he knows that it wasn't my heart, and what he wants the most is our heart. The greatest thing that you can offer God is your heart and all of your love. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. I'm trying not to preach this. I'm trying to teach it, but I just feel something moving on the inside of me that pretty soon you might get yelled at and it might be sweating and spitting, but I love you, right? Don't judge me. It just gets me excited when I get to feed God a good word that he has for you. God knows the difference between your best 
and something that you're trying to pawn off as valuable to him. He knows the difference. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. It says this, Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, said the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious or religious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. For fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If, church, can you say if? If, if you will only obey me, see, the willing and obedient, you will have plenty to eat. They eat the good of the land. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Can you say this with me, church? God knows the difference between a rock and my heart. Listen, church, we got to stop faking it. He gets sick of it. That we, he can get to the point where he's sick of our songs. He's like, you know what? Don't even worship. Don't even sing because you don't even mean it. It just stinks in my nostrils. If you want me to accept your gift, what he's saying is this. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Then we will eat the good of the land. Then we will see God's blessings in our life. Psalms 84.11 says this. For the Lord God is our son and and shield. He gives us grace and glory. I, I love this part. Listen, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. So if you look at your life and say, you know what? I have no wow factor to my life. I feel like I, I should be way, God is way more, oh, this is good. God is way more good than the good I see in my life right now. And if you can say that, you should be able to say, the, the Lord, you said that you will not withhold any good thing from those who do what is right. So listen, if you're broke, it doesn't mean heaven's broke. Heaven is not broke. God is willing to release the best that he has for us if we are willing to do what is right. And why is that? It is because faith has rewards. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11 and 1. It says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. Or this is what my interpretation, this is how I feel like the Holy Spirit has given me uh, to define faith. And it's this way. Faith is 
the gift of supernatural hope that believes God will perform his word absent of any visible proof or evidence. So what's this mean? If God said it and I believe it, I don't need to see it yet. I just trust him. I trust him at his word, that God is not a liar. I, I believe it. So if God says that if I will walk upright and he won't withhold any good thing from me, then I have an expectation to see the goodness of God in my life. Let me give you an example. I was living in Columbus, Ohio, living my best life, actually my worst life. I was broken crazy. But anyway, I gave my life to God. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, Damien, I want you to move to Lima, Ohio. Oh God, anywhere but Lima. Lima, Ohio, and help your father at the church. Right? So I did it. And I came here with expectation because I obeyed God. You, you, you better catch this. When you obey God, you can have expectation to see God's best because he says he will not withhold any good thing from those who do what is right. So when I got to town, I went straight for Procter & Gamble. I went straight to the refinery and filled out applications because, God, if you're moving me here, you're going to give me the best. But guess what? Doors closed. No jobs there. I started in the pit. I started working in a bank on the corner of, what is that? Jameson and Market Street, it used to be Liberty Savings Bank, I was in the basement, not, not working up top of the teller, hello, welcome, how may I help? No, I'm in the basement of the bank doing some, some data entry. But God, you said, right? So then um, he does bless me with a job from the pit, I go to the prison. No, I did not get arrested. I was a correction officer at the jail. So this still, to me, isn't God's best. So, But then from the, from the pit to the prison, he took me to the palace. And the palace, to me, is this. The palace is being able to serve in God's house and to preach to his children the love of God and to encourage them. So from the pit to the prison to the palace, just like Joseph did, I was living and still living in expectation for God's goodness. And I tell you this, I will never be broke in Lima, Ohio. I'll never be broke here. Do you know why? Because God said, move to Lima, and I did what he said. When you do what God says do, you can have an expectation that he's going to care for you. Amen? Because faith has rewards. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and 6. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So, I tell you this, church, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. So when I was getting drunk every day versus praying and reading and loving him every day, he does not love me anymore at either point. I can't get God to love me more. But what you can do is please him. And when you please God, he releases his blessings upon your life. So I can't make him love me more, but we can learn to please him more, okay? We can take up his pleasure in us. And Hebrews 11 and 6 teaches us two things that must be present as we seek God. Church, can you say number one? All right, the first thing you must do as it relates to seeking after God is you must believe that he exists. Do you believe that God exists? 
How else are you going to seek after something that you don't believe exists? Number two, this, this should blow your mind. I'm trying to, God wants to take his church somewhere because the word of God says that the wealth of the wicked is going to be transferred to the righteous. And I believe this morning I'm teaching you some principles in which your finances and the blessings and favor in your life are going to increase. The second thing that the word of God says is this that must be present as we seek God, is that he rewards his seekers, those who love him. So if you're going to have faith, you have to believe two things. If you're going to seek after God, number one, you have to believe that God exists. And number two, you have to believe that he rewards those that seek him. Oh, my goodness. So say this with me, church, because this is the the title of the message. Say this. God God is a rewarder. Oh, my goodness. See, you thought Happy Days had a good reward program. You thought McDonald's had a good good rewards program. I'm telling you, God's reward program is top level, top notch. He can give you houses that you did not build, land that you did not buy. He is so gracious and so kind, but I'm going to teach you how to release God's hand. You first have to go after his heart. When you go after his heart, he releases his hand to you. So, what the Lord wants me to teach you today, and I'm excited about it, because I'm, I'm going to learn how to do it more, and you're going to learn how to do it more. He's going to, take, he's going to teach us how to go from woo to wow. Church, can you say woo? woo. Kids in here, can you say woo? woo? All right. Kids, I want you to say woo a little bit louder. Say woo. woo. All right. So, God wants to take us from woo to wow. Kids, can you say wow? Come on, louder. Wow. All right. So, God wants to take his people from woo to wow. Who wants to learn how to go from woo to wow? I I promise you blessings if you will be obedient to, to listen and to receive by faith this word and then to put it into practice. So here's the definition of woo. Woo means to try to gain the love, favor, support of another, especially with the desire to marry. So any man that's married, at some point he wooed his wife. Right? By either calling her candy, flowers, pizza, ice cream, whatever it is, spending time with her, he wooed her. He's like, I'm very interested in you. You know what? I, I desire your favor. I desire your love. I potentially desire your hand in marriage. So I'm going to woo you. I'm going to do things that catch your attention. I'm going to do things that make you happy, right? That's what it means to woo. So the definition of wow is this, expressing astonishment or admiration, a a sensational success to impress and excite someone greatly. Kids, can you say wow? Wow. All right. So wow, a a, a woo leads to a wow when it comes to God. Please catch this. And if you're taking notes, please write that down. A woo leads to a wow. When you woo God, he will release a wow in your life, and you, and not only you, but those around you will see that this thing that has happened to you, the only way it happened was through the hand of God. But I also have to tell you this, where there is no wooing of God, there is no wow from God. 
He's trying to take us because, listen, oh, my goodness, church, we are God's commercials. So we can't be busted and disgusted and run down, right? Because we are commercials for the kingdom of God. And since we woo him, we seek him, we love him, he pours out his blessings and favor upon us. So then how do we woo God? This is how we do it. By displaying to him how much he's worth to us through our obedience and offerings. So the W in woo is worth. When you begin to show God how much he's worth to you, how worthy he is to you, that, that's when the wooing begins. So when you're coming after God, right, and, and you have faith, what he is saying to you is, okay, you want me? Let the wooing begin. So what's the wooing? Show me how worthy I am. How worthy am I to you, right? And the way that we show him how worthy he is is the, the first O is obedience, because his love language is obedience. So don't try to woo me. Don't try to, to, to woo my affection or my blessings towards you if you're unable or unwilling to be obedient. I'm trying to tell you that the woo life is the wow life. The next O in woo is offering. So the way that we woo God is by showing how worthy he is through our obedience to him and what we are willing to offer him. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. We're learning the woo process, because the woo of God always releases the wow of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves, see, okay, we were learning how to woo him. What does God love? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And it's not just money, okay? Because the greatest things that a human being can let go of is his time or his money or her money. So, but we find very few wooers in this world. There's very few willing to woo. We open up our church doors for wooing to happen throughout the week. Sunday morning, the woo is great, but on other times, the woo is small. We, 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 we offer a prayer time. We offer a Bible study time. We offer uh, all these times where people can come and woo God and understand, church, please understand that when you seek the Lord, you're seeking him because you believe he exists, and he's also a rewarder of those who seek after him. And the reason people would rather woo with words is because they cost nothing. The only thing we're giving God when we woo with our words is what belongs to him anyway, which is the breath in our lungs and the, and the language in which he has given us. Let's go to Matthew 15 and 8 and hear, hear what he has to say about the woo that comes from our mouth only. Matthew 15 and 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 
Father, I pray now in Jesus' name, as we go into the meat of this message, that you would allow fear to get out of the way. God, many preachers have taught messages for their own gain. There's been many Judases, God, many, many false prophets out there, God, that have tricked people into giving uh, of their time, of their self, for their own profit. But Father, you know my heart. And my heart is for your sheep to be blessed. And that's why you have given them this message to eat today. So, Father, would you release the revelation of woo to wow as we see it in the life of Jesus and in the life of Solomon. We thank you for this revelation. May we enter into this rest in Jesus' name. Amen. So, since God loves us, he gave us something, right? He wooed us with his son. So he sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins, and Jesus lived among us, and he taught us, and he loved us. Then he laid his life down. That was the woo, and then God blessed him with a wow. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, and it says this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So Jesus came, although he had all power and authority, although he had divine rights and privileges, he let them go. So when you're wooing God, you're willing to let something go. Closed hands don't woo God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Closed minds don't woo God. If you really want to woo God, if you really want to say, God, I love you so much. God, I'm coming after you with my whole heart. Then you don't offer him a rock, nor do you offer him closed hands. Verse 7, instead, church, can you say instead? instead. We're learning how Jesus wooed the Father. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So remember what WU stands for. Worthy. We show God how worthy he is through our obedience and through an offering. And that's all summed up in verse 8. He humbled himself in what? Obedience to God. And then he gave an offering. What offering did he give? He died a criminal's death on the cross. So without obedience and without an offering, you'll never see the wows of God. We'll live just a plain, mundane hand to foot. Is it hand to foot? Foot to hand to mouth. <laughs> hand to mouth kind of existence. Barely scratching by. No, no powerful evidence in our lives that God is blessing us. Who wants the wow? If you want the wow, then you've got to do the woo. And you've got to be able to say, God, you are worthy of all praise. God, there's not a thing that I own that you can't have. God, I'm going to give my life to you. And that gets God's attention. Do you hear what I'm saying? When Stephen was being stoned to death, right, 
It says that Jesus stood up and, and look what was going on. He was being wooed in that moment. He was willing, Stephen was willing to be stoned to death just for the glory of God. He would not renounce his faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus stood up. And, 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 and Stephen said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let's keep moving. Verse 9. Here's, here's the wow. Church, can you say wow? So verse 8, we saw the woo, right? The woo was that Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So he showed God how worthy he was by being obedient and then offering a sacrifice of himself. So whenever, man, please believe me, church, whenever the woo is completed, you can live, woo, that's, that's what it is, a woo, you can live in expectation of the wow. Once you knock out the woo, then you can say, okay, God, I wooed you. Where's the wow? You say, well, how, that's not right. You don't do that to God. Like, he's just good all the time, and he'll bless you with what you need. That's not even what faith says. Faith says if you're going to seek after God, you have to believe that he is God and, church, can you say and? And believe that he rewards those who diligently seek after him. So if you're not expecting rewards from God, you're not completely living out faith. That's what God said. It's the word. Those who believe, you first must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who woo him. Those who diligently seek after him. So Jesus wooed him by obeying him and dying on the cross. And here comes the wow. Kids say wow. wow. Here's the wow. After he wooed, there was a therefore. Church, can you say therefore? therefore. After the woo comes the wow. Listen to the therefore. God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Church, can you say, wow? Yes, so since Jesus wooed God, God, you're worthy, Father. You're worthy of my life. I'll let you pour out their sins on me. God, I'll die on this cross for you. Lord, I'll obey you even if it means I have to die. I'll obey you. I'll give you my life, God. He gave himself up in obedience. He laid down his life. In woo, there must be obedience and there must be an offering. All right? Since he did that, God elevated him. So if you feel like you're on the bottom floor of life, if you feel like you're stuck, you've been stuck in years in the same this and the same that, if you haven't experienced the wow of God, if you're like, is this elevator broken, God? Are you hearing my prayers? You've got to check your woo. What's your woo look like? How worthy is this God that you say you love? How worthy is this God? And what is your obedience level? How obedient are you to God? And then what do your offerings look like? I'm not talking about what you drop in this bucket. I'm talking about the whole sum of it, that everything you give to God, you offer him your praise, your time, your devotion, your love. What does that look like? Is it just a drop in the bucket? Or can you woo God to the point where he says wow and releases a wow? That's what I'm trying to live. I'm trying to live a life that wows God. 
I'm trying to make my woo wow God so he releases a wow upon my life. What's a wow upon your life look like? It looks like this. I had blood work done about two weeks ago, and I hadn't done it in a long time. I've been been bad boy. Had a kidney transplant. Need to stay on top of my blood work so they can catch something in time, right? So I got my blood work done, and I missed the phone call from the lab. The lab was like, uh, and she sounded so sad when she left the message. I'm like, am I dying? Like, all right. She's like, Mr. Tibbs, um, can you can you call us back? Uh, want to talk about something on your labs. Okay, bye. I'm like, man, like, what are they going to say? Lord, forgive help, right? And the next day was Thanksgiving, so I couldn't talk to them then. And then Friday came, and I gave it to God because I'm not going to let the torment, tormentor have me. You hear what I'm saying? Cast your cares to, to shut the voice of the tormentor, right? And then they called, I called Friday. I was like, yeah, I got a message from uh, somebody there about my blood work. I'm just trying to find out what's going on. You know, the enemy presents himself, right? The enemy's always trying to present himself when you have the ability to stand in faith or to just believe God's word. So I finally got her on the phone, and she was like, oh, your vitamin D levels are down. You need to take more vitamin D. You had me looking at my will, and no, I didn't look at my will. Can you say, wow? wow? The reason I say that is because although I neglected my blood work, 10 years ago in January, I was almost dead. I had to have a kidney transplant. And unless I tell you my story, you would not know. But once I tell you my testimony, you can say, wow. See, you can see the wow in my life because I was willing to woo God. Let's look at one more example of going from woo to wow. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. And we're almost done. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. I hope you're learning something today. If you want to turn up the wow in your life, you got to turn up the woo. Show God how worthy he is by your obedience and your offerings, right? Solomon loved the Lord, period. Did it stop right there? No, okay? Because I, I love how you guys come on a Sunday morning. I love how you worship. Love how the praise team worships. But at the end of the day, words are just words, right? Words don't wow God. Unless the heart is true, unless we're really worshiping him, worshiping him in spirit and truth. It doesn't just stop with Solomon love. Uh, John 3.16 doesn't stop with for God so loved and then period. There's always an action, all right? So let's, let's look at Solomon, woo God. Solomon loved the Lord and followed. Church, can you say and followed? That's the obedience part. Remember, if you're going to woo God, you have to show him how worthy he is. But first, you have to be obedient. And then secondly, you have to, to demonstrate your love with an offering. Let's keep going. Solomon loved the Lord and followed the decrees of his father, David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. 
The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there. So we see love is an action word. We already know that he's obedient. But in order to woo God, it takes more than obedience. There must be an offering as well. It says, so the king went there and sacrificed one burnt offering. Is that what it says? What's it say? One thousand. One would not be a woo at all. One would not wow God. I'm trying to tell you something, church. When you wow God, when you get his attention, he'll release something on your life. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon, so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000. Kids, can you say 1,000? 1,000 burnt offerings. That night, the Lord, oh my goodness, that was fast. We woo. And then that leads to a wow. It says this, Solomon went and offered 1,000 burnt offerings. That was fast. Uh, It says, verse 5 says, that night. When, church? Wow. So do you know that you can release a woo in your life that will make God come that night with a wow? Let's listen. That night. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, are you ready for this wild question? What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Oh, my goodness. Are you catching this? Solomon's woo was so big. God, not only do I obey you, but I want to show you how much I love you with an offering. And I'm going to offer you 1,000 burnt offerings. And the aroma, that aroma did not stink in God's nostrils. Sometimes our offerings stink because they really haven't been given with clean hands or clean motives or clean intentions. We're just doing it because we want something from God. I'm I'm not teaching you how to woo to kind of backdoor God and get things from him. I'm teaching you first to woo God. You got to love him. And God's love language is obedience. You can't get God's blessings without being obedient to him first. So I'm not trying to give you a cheat code. This is not a cheat code. I'm not trying to teach you how to be blessed apart from obeying God first, okay? Then comes the offering. What are you willing to give up? And God was so wowed by Solomon's woo that he came to him that night asking him a question I've never seen recorded in the Bible ever. It says this, what do you want? Oh, my goodness. The offering was so big, the obedience was so strong that God shows up and says, a blank check. He gives them a blank check from heaven and says, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Verse 6, Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. Listen to his testimony. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a little child who does not know his way around. Church, can you say humble? Humble. He was very humble. Just like Jesus humbled himself to obedience on the cross. This is the king, Solomon, humbling himself. And he says this, 
And I am here in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me un an understanding heart. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've told him I'll give him anything he asks for. And all he's asking me for is wisdom. Do you see this? So not only, did, not only did Solomon woo God once with a thousand burnt offerings, now God gives him the blank check, and all he asks for is wisdom to rule God's own people. A back-to-back -back woo. You know what that is? It's a woo-woo. <laughs> Kids, can you say woo-woo? All right. So. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours. Verse 10 came a wow, wow. God says this, the Lord was pleased. Church, when you please God, you release his wows. The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. Wisdom. So God replied, are you ready for the wow, wow? So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom and governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you hallelujah. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And also, church, can you say wow, wow? So the first wow was, I wooed you, and you gave me what I asked for. But when you wow, wow, God, he will not only give you what you asked for, but he'll give you more. Come on, church. Let's get to that place of abundance. Let's get to that place where we say, God, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you either. All right? And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey me, what's this mean? If you keep wooing me, right? If you keep obeying me, if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Church, it's one thing to testify about the goodness of God. But it's a whole nother thing when God can testify about you. Let's look, look at some of those instances as we close. Job chapter 1, 8 says this. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Church, say this with me. God remembers... His wooers, those that woo him, God will remember them. I know those who seek me. I know those who obey me. I know those who love me. And if you can get God to testify about you, your life will go to new dimensions. The second example is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. It says this, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Can you say woo? woo. 43. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, 
poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Now listen to me. The Bible doesn't record the wow, but I guarantee you there's a wow. There's no way that Jesus can watch a poor woman give the last of the money that she had to live on and he not wow her. So when we get to heaven, you find her. If you find her before me, let me know what he wowed her with. Because there's no way in the world it will be against the nature and character of God to let us woo him and not release a wow. For the Bible says that if we believe that he is God, if we have faith, we must first believe that he is God. And secondly, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. The final testimony. Matthew 26, 6 through 13 says this. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive, not the cheap stuff, expensive perfume and poured it over his head. Remember, I told you if you're going to woo God, you have to show him that he's worthy. And what does she do? She poured an expensive bottle. It's recorded that that bottle of perfume was worth more than a whole year's salary. When you show God how much he's worth to you, that is the beginning of the wooing process. Verse 8, the disciples were so indigent or angry when they saw this. They said, what a waste. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this reply, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth. Can you say wow? Wow. Here's her wow. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. That woo went down in history. And every time the gospel is preached around the world, we hear about that woman. Would you please stand to your feet this morning as I tell you the greatest sacrifice that you can ever give God. It's not the dime of a dollar. It's not the most expensive perfume or cologne that you have at home. It's not singing the best song that you could ever sing. It's not giving all of your money to the poor. It's not giving your body to be beat. There's one sacrifice that God looks for that will woo him truly. And we find that in Romans 12 and 1. And it says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you or I beg you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. So what does this say? You, I'm begging you to woo God because he has already wowed you. He has already done so many incredible things for you. And what do we do with these bodies? We should let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So when we when we sin, if, if obedience, if obedience is God's love language, then disobedience is God's hate speech. Let that sink in for a minute. If when we obey God, that's his love language. If we sin against God, that is hate speech. 
So every time we sin, it says, you know what? I hate you, God. I love me more. If he says, if you love me, then obey my commandments, what's the reverse of that? If you hate me, then disobey them. None of us would ever verbalize our hate for God. But yet, sometimes we don't fall short. Sometimes we just fall down on purpose. Many sins we commit are on purpose. When, you, when we sin on purpose, it is hate speech against God. Father, in the name of Jesus, instead of hatred towards you, instead of being hypocritical, instead of saying and singing songs about you and presenting ourselves on a Sunday morning alone, but then going to do whatever we want to do, you're saying, where's the woo? If you love me, where's the woo? Where do you show me how worthy I am? Where do you obey me? Where do you offer offerings? And the offering I want more than anything is you. I want you. For what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Father, I have fed your sheep. I have taught them how to woo you. And when we woo you, you wow us. Jesus wooed you by being obedient even to a death on the cross. And then you wowed him by giving him a name above every name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Then Solomon came along and wooed you as well. He, he obeyed you, and then he offered a thousand burnt sacrifices to you, and then you showed up that very night. The woo was so strong. The call was so strong. God, I love you. Just imagine 10 burnt offerings. He said, bring me more, bring me more, all the way up to a thousand. He wooed God, and that night God showed up to him and said, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. And then Solomon's heart was in such a position of woo that he didn't ask for wealth or fame. He said, just give me wisdom to rule your people. And wow, God, you were wowed to the point where you said, you know what? Not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. Today, we learn how to get what we asked for and even what we didn't ask for by living lives that woo God. God, in the name of Jesus. Church, can you say this with, say this with me? Lord, help me to woo you. Help me to show you how worthy you are. May I express my love to you through absolute and immediate obedience. And when it is time for the harvest, for me to give back what you have already given to me, may my offerings wow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise this morning.
there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's the greatest woo of all time came from heaven. That while we were still sinners, Christ died on the cross for us.